0: Hey, hey hey, welcome welcome you're listening to MMA and beyond thank you so much for listening and thanks everybody for your feedback thank you for your questions remember if you want to ask Ray Longo or myself any questions you could reach us through our social media which is Ray Longo MMA on Instagram and Twitter or Steve Mariboli on Instagram and Twitter and of course our website our fancy new website which is MMA and this show is about fights, the fight game, mindset, and whatever else comes up. Of course, I have the honor of, of sitting next to Ray Longo, not only trainer of six UFC fighters, two UFC champions, but countless other fighters, people he's impacted all over the world, and all around good guy. Ray, what's up brother? Hey man, looking forward to this podcast. You must be exhausted, sir. I know that uh, Ring of Combat was last night. I was there. Congrats to all the the team members that did so well. It it was a it was a good one.
1: Yeah, it was a great night for the team. Uh we went 4 and 0 with the MMA fighters and uh it's it's really great to see the amateur guys get out there and get their uh their accolades and get a win, and you know it's a little different. You know, some guys are doing it just to get it off the bucket list. Some guys have UFC uh, or Big Show aspirations, but they have to start somewhere. Most of these uh, sanctioning commissions want like at least five or six amateur fights before they can even turn pro, which I think is great. And you know the rules are a little watered down, but it gives everybody the opportunity to get their feet wet. And I think it was a was a great night, first night, first. Ring of Combat in New York, and we did it at the wow. Capitale, and uh, I think we had a great crowd, and I, I don't think there was a bad fight on the uh, card.
0: Not at all. It was, it was a lot of fun, then that Capitale, what a
1: place. I mean, it's yeah, I mean, historic, the ambi- beautiful. The ambiance of the Capitale is unreal. I think it's over 100 years old, and, uh, you know... I think you got to really research the history of that, but I think that's where Little Italy came from because they had all those Italian immigrants coming in, yeah. and they set up shop. and That's one of the things they built. and If you look at the architecture, fantastic.
0: You you feel like you could shoot a movie in there, yeah. yeah and you, I'm sure they have, uh, yeah. And it, I'm sure they have. and And talk. Uh, let's talk about amateur fighting. You're still in a cage. You're still fighting, and it's still you still need that technique, that heart. Saw a lot of heart, Ray. I oh, saw a lot man. of heart
1: yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I think we got a glimpse of a lot of different attributes, uh, heart being one of them, uh, you know, composure being another, who was going to get rattled, who was going to, you know, guys hit adversity, they had to come back. And I think that's the beauty of starting in those smaller shows is that, for me, you get to see who, you, you could profile who's going to go far and who's not going to go far.
0: Good dude, good gym dude, uh, a really nice gym guy, Sylvester. Unbelievable. <laughs> he fought yesterday. After that first round, wow, yeah. ah, buddy. You know, he, he turned around and that's mindset. We talked about mindset the first show. Yeah. Mindset, his whatever was pushing him, magic. It was it was magical his the way that he turned that around.
1: I gotta tell you, man, and I was I happen to really like this kid. He's a great kid. He's from Poland, a uh, hard working guy, super, super nice, very personable, and I was Literally really worried about him before that fight because in the fight game, it's really a lot of things happen unexpectedly and they changed his opponent the last week. You know, he was a foreigner. I think he was Armenian. You never know how many fights they had back in their home country. The guy listed as one fight. But as <laughs> no you can see, no that, guy, that guy had one fight. Uh, he was wanna, way too confident. I want to know his trainer <laughs> way because too they strong. did a great job with him. But that was a last minute replacement, so you know i was I was worried because you know Sylvester is probably thirty thirty one and I think he just wants to have a couple of amateur fights and get in there and just test his courage and test everything and you know he's not, I don't think he has u f c aspirations, so those guys you try to protect a little bit too yeah. you want him to get the all the all the benefits of fighting and you know without you know going to war, but he went to war last night, man, did he have to dig down deep after that second round? And he showed me something, man, because his sparring in the gym didn't look as good as his fighting. And so there's two type of guys. Sometimes it's the opposite, right? So there's two type of guys. There's the guys that's the world beater in the gym, and then they do nothing in the fight. (laughs) And then there's the guys that go a little lighter in the gym, but they bring it to the fight. And that's always what I think you prefer. I mean, what you prefer is go hard in the gym, go hard in the fight. But if I had to pick the other two... Give me a guy who shows up to fight every time no matter what he's doing in the gym. And that's that's him because I think he struggles with, you know, this is my friend and, you know, right. I don't want to hit, you know. And I don't want to hit the guy, you know, that type of thing. Let me finish that. But um, I, it was just great to see. So he, I, he brought it, man. And then his jujitsu game, I believe, really was the difference and it really saved him, which was great to w- see.
0: It's uh, it, are there are there guys like that? I don't even know if you think this way, but are are there guys like that that you watch that kind of heart and you watch that kind of determination and say, oh, why couldn't I have had this guy ten years ago?
1: Oh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's a that's a good point, and there are guys like that that you know, like I think he started a little late, but um, you know, like again, these are. I think what you have to realize, these are really big moments for these guys. That He'll take that, the feeling he had from last night, he'll take that with him for the rest of his life. Look at the crowd he had. He had the Polish flag. Incredible. proud of where he came from. Just all of the...
0: That's his Al Bundy high school football moment. That's it, man. And
1: and you know what? It wasn't against the slouch. That's what really makes that... There is fight no part incredible. of me that thought he was going to win that fight in uh, the beginning. I there agree. was no and part I, and of me. I was me. so worried for him. I'm
0: going to agree with you. I, the guy, lo- the guy, his opponent looked so confident. You know, that's what yeah. I'm looking for. That guy looked so confident, so strong. He was not concerned in the least for for uh, about Sylvester. And for me, I'm I'm surprised to hear you say they said he had one fight. Yeah. I call bullshit. Yeah. That guy was way too confident. He It seemed like he had been there many, many times. And, that,
1: and that's why you need a database, and these athletic commissions are really starting to do that where they do track these guys, and you have to log those fights in, and that's important. Look, years ago with the Golden Gloves, Steve, I had a lot of guys, you know, semifinals, finals. I had a couple of guys win the gloves. Uh, back in the day before the Internet and all that, you got to remember, now you can get on the Internet, right. and you could really check anything out. Back sure. then... If you were in the gloves and you were fighting a kid from Mexico in a novice division, (laughs) which means under 10 fights, good luck. There was no way. These guys were coming in there. They were like "We."
0: I was going to say, we have a new guy, Julio Cesar Chavez.
1: uh, Exactly. And And that's really a problem because, you know, novice and, you know, the open division is set up for a reason. You don't want to make it fair. So under 10 fights, you know, at least you're in the same ballpark over 10 fights you're in an open category and then you could have 100 fights so those guys literally should have been open fighters but they're they're not there's nothing in their book you know they're just coming over and they jump into Gleason's or another gym and you know uh, give you a great story similar to that so there's uh, I think Willie Pep one of the best defensive fighters ever you know they say he's he won around without throwing a punch just by making the guy miss. And if you go back and look at Willie Pep, for anybody listening out there, you could look at, you want to see Dominic Cruz's footwork or some of his guys that switch leads and go Southpaw back to Orthodox. Look at Willie Pep move around that ring. It's a thing of beauty. Hmm. And that was in the 50s. So he tells a story about. Um, uh, he goes to a like a smoker, which is you know you go in and you're gonna fight yeah. you know get a fight, but it's like you know, a tough a, man competition. They, yeah, well, almost, not a tough right? man. It's like you know they're gonna have weight divisions, but um, uh, but that they, they weren't like sanctioned. You right. know, They were just you know like, but it would be in a boxing gym and you know okay. one boxing gym comes over to another boxing gym like a scrimmage. Sure. Say. That's okay. a, a scrimmage a smoker. So he gets there, his guy. He was supposed to fight back, out. So they said they have. Another guy, and Pep, I think, said he had like 10 or 12 fights. And I'm probably off a little bit, just but you'll mm-hmm. get the the crux of the story when I'm done. So they said, well, we have another guy. He's like 10 pounds heavier, but he never fought before. So he goes, yeah, sure, I'll do it. He gets in there. Who's the guy? Sugar Ray Robinson. So he gets <laughs> sugar. You know, so there's always that problem. Right. You know what I mean? So there, I think that's a fantastic story that, you know, yeah, he's a 10 pounds heavier, but, you know, you got more experience than him, man. <laughs> And who's he get? Sugar Ray Robinson, to say the least. That wasn't a good night for him. But uh, I thought that was a great story, and that that's, that's kind of what happens. Like even with Sylvester, they changed his opponent the last week. Who's who do you get? You know what I mean? You don't know. And I didn't really tell him till the day of the fight, which I normally would have did. But he was worried about his weight. You know, and then when you start making weight, your mind's already drifting. So I didn't <laughs> want to you know scare him because he's only had one fight, and that was two years ago, so he's not even oh, wow! So, yeah, it was a great night. Just, I don't know. I Good
0: stuff. It. Bazooka. Bazooka did his
1: thing, and, and, and that was uh, that was quick. Now Bazooka, yeah. look, man, you could see when he jumped in the ring, he wants to he, be there. He wants no, to he fight. No, he wants to be there. Yeah, he you wants can see to, If you're he, going he by body, body language, stop. exactly.
0: And, and then he's the same at the gym. Uh, yeah. Also, side note, great guy. Uh, uh, someone who, who left a great impression on me was Lauren. Lauren's fight... Um, you, she she puts in that time. She worries right. about it. She uh, it was great to see her. Uh, and again, folks, I bore you with the the body language and stuff. But the, it was great right. to see her walk in. And this is this is a packed crowd. Right. And uh, and and she, first thing she did is close her eyes, take a breath. She was centering herself. She had yeah. clearly clearly gotten some really good advice, Lauren. Whoever you got that advice from, fantastic. Nice. She closed her eyes. She took some deep breaths. And uh, and when she opened her eyes, she was focused and devastating, and, and, I'll and I'll it say, was great.
1: And she came off a a loss from her last fight, so she bounced back really nice. I thought she fought a smart fight.
0: She was smart. She was focused. She kept and, her head in there.
1: And she listened. And she, she did listen. She was
0: coachable.
1: Yeah, she was coachable that night, without a doubt. She was. I I, I I'm gonna say I was the guy that gave her the advice, but uh, not, not to toot my own horn, but. But I just really want to just calm down. What? Do not go berserk, you know what I mean? Because she has a tendency to just get rattled and start – just calm down. Think of the people you've been sparring. They're probably way better than this girl. <laughs> and just make it more like a sparring session. you got to block everything else out. And I thought – she I wasn't – she really did a great job. Really, really – Yeah,
0: I was incredibly impressed, and that's why yeah. I brought it up. I, I, I messaged her as well, and, and it's – I was really impressed because I I see her, I see her in the gym I, yeah. I, I, I roll with her in jujitsu it, it's a it's a I was really impressed yeah, and there was there was there was a difference yes there was a difference in the focus and a difference in the mindset that she took in there and uh, and her opponent paid the price
1: and, uh, but against a game girl too <laughs> her so, opponent like her again, opponent you know, wanted to fight again it, yeah it exactly. could have
0: easily been a really really tough fight. A, a, a much tougher fight. Had had the best. Lauren not showed up, and, uh, and she sh- and she showed up, without and 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 cheers to her.
1: And I'll tell you what. The other thing is, you know, like uh, boxing, you get a little more time to be able to groom your fighters. MMA really are not afforded that luxury. So, like even as in the boxing, you know, if you you're fighting a guy who's sixteen and seven, that's like that guy's probably not that good. In boxing, that's the way right. it used to be. You could groom a guy, work him up to like 22-0. Sure. and 0. You know, sure. We've seen that a lot. But in MMA, you could be 16-7 and seven and still be good because you don't have that chance, especially in the UFC. You just have to fight whoever they put in front of you. So the, yeah. the breeding ground is totally and, and different. And you
0: could, you could fall victim to a simple, you know. You, oh, and you, there's so many ways to lose. Uh, uh, wh- lose. Who was the one who fought, um, uh, fought Ronda and... Went in for some
1: awkward flying knee. Uh, that was, I think, Kat same <laughs> yeah, ran here, across the ring. Out range of a
0: hundred fights, yeah. she she just you will never see that right, again, yeah, and it's, and that's a loss on your record. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and meanwhile, that was just. I uh, think she wishes she oh, after, after what transpired
1: after that. Sure. I think she really regrets not taking her time. It would be yeah. yeah.
0: It would be a, a completely different story. So you now you've been promoting. Uh, you've been a promoter for years and years. It has. Has the promotion, the fight game evolves?
1: Has the promotion game evolved as well? Uh you know, I think you know, you know, my partner Lou Neglia. I think he's one of the best matchmakers around. He really puts a lot of work in. He wants to see everybody fight, no matter what. And he, I'm there when he's on the phone and he's calling, calling. He'll stay up all hours of the night to make a fight happen because I think he was a fighter and I think he knows that people just want to fight. And when a fight gets cancelled it's pretty devastating. You put all that work in, no matter what show it is. But you know one of the time and money. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I think we came to the agreement on a bunch of years ago is that our niche is gonna be building like a a proving ground for the biggest show. Like we never want to be the biggest show. You know, like, again, the UFC, what they say, they invested $40 million before they made money. And right. Really, nobody's making money. You know, even Bellator, they got Viacom behind them. That's huge. But any other show outside of that, they'll tell you it's not easy if you don't have TV money and stuff right. like that. So sure. I'm going to say it, it hasn't really changed that way because I think we've— like, again, accepted the fact that we're just going to be a breeding ground, and it's great. Which you have been, right? Which you put in, in a bunch of guys. I don't know. Maybe you go to the website, maybe 80, 100 guys have gone to the UFC or right. whatever it is. It's yeah, a, yeah. a huge amount, you know. And everybody's gone through there. Matt Serra, you know, Chris Weidman. There Frank was a time Ian, last night
0: where, where a lot of the alum were there. where yeah, They yeah, all yeah. got into the into the cage, and you see yeah. all these... these uh, uh, these names. I, I saw it was it was interesting to have Jimmy Rivera next to uh, Aljo. Joe. Oh, those and, guys are always
1: bickering. <laughs> they're
0: bickering, but 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 posing uh, for the picture yeah, last yeah. night. It it was a uh, it was a great night. So congrats to to uh, everybody who won, and Dylan as well. Uh, Dylan, another guy who who uh, takes his time to yeah, help yeah. me with uh, with. I didn't even know he was a fighter. I yeah. thought he was a, a jujitsu guy. He takes his time to help folks like me who are who are learning our way and. And then I watched him uh, yesterday. He just uh, I, I annihilate. Dylan him. has that a guy's... bright future because
1: yeah. he fought probably twelve pounds up from where his normal weight's going to be, and the guy's huge. He's got to be what six one. He, he's he's going to fight dude. at fifty five. He's going to give a lot of people problems. He's
0: a big dude. Taught me a couple of cool chokes. And you don't get the "I jump in a cage and swing at people" vibe from him. Yeah, yeah, but that's... but uh, blah, yeah. I take it back because yeah. when he got in that cage, I said, "Oh, this guy's what? he's he's trouble." And I he dismantled yeah, that told dude. Told him after
1: the fight, really, really proud Very of impressive. Very really impressive. His combo,
0: the, the uh, guy went up the well uh, uh, yeah. cage and he, he changed oh, speeds. Oh, yeah. he changed I mean, speeds and, that's, that's and threw hard a to combo. Teach. That's yeah. That's some that's some that old school also, stuff. Yeah, it yeah. was
1: great. No, I, and again, no, not really a lot of, maybe he has one kickboxing fight. So like, again, when I'm critiquing, I'm critiquing on also on like how many, you know, how long they've been trained and how many fights they had. And that guy is, he's brand new and he's coming out of the gate really good. I like where his head's at. I like his size. He's I'm young? Re- yeah. Uh, he's pretty young. Yeah. Yeah. He's, Early he's, 20s for yeah, sure. He,
0: he, he seems young. And, and that's, Something that I noted uh, yesterday was that, is how many, and I keep saying it today, uh, I keep saying it like a a nice person. There's a lot of nice people at the gym, and I want to actually get to uh, uh, some feedback, because I did read, um, I did read one of these in here about, about the people at the, at at the at the gym, and so folks, if you want to uh, send us feedback to MMAandBeyond.com or you could reach out to Ray Longo at Ray Longo MMA. That's on Instagram and Twitter, or you could reach out to me, Steve Maraboli, and that's on Instagram and Twitter. You're listening to MMA and Beyond. We talk fights, the fight game, mindset, and whatever else comes up. We're gonna go with Kirk. Kirk on Twitter and at Car Kirk. So Steph, when you when you write at Car Kirk, that's their Twitter handle. All right, okay, okay, So, Kirk on Twitter asks, do you favor youth or experience in the fight game? Also, have you ever had to ask a fighter to leave your team because of behavior?
1: Um, we had Kirk. That's a really good question. And uh, as far as favor youth or experience in the fight game, I mean, I'm kind of, you know, made my way by uh, taking like literally kids that threw their first punch with me as far as that goes. Uh So they don't really come in experience with the stand-up, but they probably have another pedigree. Like, Matt was a good jujitsu guy. Weidman was a good wrestler. Uh, But I like, uh, you know, experience in one of the aspects of fighting coupled with, obviously, youth. I mean, if youth is always going to play a part of something, I mean, it's, you know, you get guys... It, that's a it 's a little bit of a crazy question because you got to be young to get the experience like, yeah. so eventually you know right. so but i like uh, I, I like getting the guys when they 're young and they 're impressionable and you could really teach them some stuff, but they come in with a little experience, so you know in a different discipline then right. i 'm going to work with them you know, well, well, like so, I was good with the wrestlers, I like that right. because they already come in with a great mindset, and a work ethic, and a work ethic, so there's no lazy rest right, like, exactly, there's no,
0: I, I, when people point out one of the changes in my own life, when I went into the military, and while I wasn't a good high school student at all, I had been wrestling since, well, at the time, what they call junior high school at the time, yeah. um, what you all would know as middle school now, but Uh, Well, they they don't call it junior high school. No, it's called middle school. I'm getting old. Yeah, it's it's been called middle school for a while. I get corrected sometimes now. I just call it middle school. But when I was going there, it was called junior high school, and that's when we would start wrestling. By the time I did six years of wrestling, and I went into basic training, I was breezing through it. I There was nothing more grueling than a wrestling practice. Nothing more grueling than a wrestling practice, and um, and training for these all-day tournaments that were boring and at the same time grueling Right. Uh, by the time I went to basic training and they wanted me to do however many push-ups and sit-ups I was
1: nothing it was yeah. it was now that's a yeah. great great it, base I think and that's one of the other questions I'm looking at we'll get to it later but the other part of your question Kirk also have you ever had to ask a fire leave your team because of behavior and the answer is yes it's it's rare but I won't name the fighter but he was uh he was a UFC fighter and uh it doesn't matter you know he he kind of you know became like a virus and you got to cut that out right away because you know we have kind of like a family structure and once that starts to deteriorate just like in any family I don't care yeah. you know what even in your home you know if you get a Somebody coming in there and causing dissension, that's not a good thing. So you have to get those guys out. It's Like, again, it's rare, but some guys just don't fit in. And it doesn't really matter how good they are. I don't even care if they have championship qualities. Right. You're, not, you're going. Because i got to be happy, too. It's not necessarily
0: know? even out of malice, right? It could no, just be that not. they don't no, fit.
1: It's, no, it's a business thing. Yeah, it's yeah, not it's a business a, thing. It's right. not, it's not, there's no malice at all. But I've, I've watched some really... Some people are really, really upsetting in the gym. They just, they will, uh, I'll tell you, it's funny because, you know, I remember uh, Ally Aquinta, somebody left the gym, and, you know, like two weeks later he goes, man, I, ne- I never noticed, like, like w- what a different vibe it was now. Oh, like, wow. It's like, wow, it's really like some people walk in a room and they just, you feel a tension and it's just You, not, like, you just feel the. You could yeah. feel it. It's not even, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, do. But it's... Sure. And i tell you, I'm, I'll never... And Al's a quiet dude. He never says nothing. But he <sighs> said, I cannot believe the difference. And you got to get that stuff out of there, man. You know what I mean? It's just... It's so harmful. Uh, and everybody's got to be happy, man. It's a long, grueling process, so... Uh, it's it's not easy to keep everybody happy, but yeah. So I have had to do that actually a couple of times as I'm even answering the question in my head. <laughs> You're starting to think of both pretty high profile guys too. So, so.
0: so with with evolution of of the fight game in the sense of of social media and 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 people being a little more prominent, um, do you? Do you consider do you and the team consider how people behave on social media or behave in their regular life? Is that not something that you get involved in? You pretty much just check yeah. the gym vibe more than anything well, else. More than
1: anything, because I'm, I'm not there. I'm not there. I'm not nobody anybody's parent. And, right. You know, I don't want to judge people like that. But I'm gonna say if it, if it was really really wacky, um, you have to jump in just as a friend and right. say, look, you know, maybe you want to take a different approach or. I think one of Matt's guys one time started a GoFundMe page because we just made him take it down. It just doesn't look good for right. what he was doing it for. And, hmm. you know, go out and work and, you know, do what everybody else did and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So every so often if you think it's going to be a really bad reflection on the gym, you have to uh, you have to jump in, I think, and say something at least or, you know. Whatever, I mean, it, it's funny because now we have guys, even Al, sometimes he gets on Twitter and he's... Uh, hilarious. That's how he built this following. So, like, a lot of it's times hilarious. I don't agree with a lot of this stuff, but it's a necessary evil, I think. And, and
0: it's hard to, uh, sometimes people ask, "Is like, hey, is that guy... It's It's hard to read anything that Al ever writes with malice. Yeah, because he might be one of the nicest people oh, yeah. you'll ever meet. Well, I
1: think that's the beautiful thing with yeah. him. You meet him; he's he's very quiet. It's
0: never out of malice. It's yeah, never yeah. Of, like he's he makes observations, and and he picked up a lot of yeah, fans yeah. from it. And I'll tell you, from, from there's no way what he did was easy. There's yeah. no way him taking a stand was easy. There's no way that it didn't. Make him stress out financially. There's no way yeah. he can play. He could play the 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 duck floating on the pond yeah. if he'd like. But there's no way there weren't some some sleepless nights. And and he stood his ground. And and he knew his value. I think one of the things he says the most that I really appreciate is he's like, listen, I know my value. And he doesn't just throw it out there. He 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 says this is this is what's being made. This is what this this yeah. is what I offer. This is, and he 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 makes a lot of sense. And he stood his ground. And I I admire that dude.
1: Yeah, he did stand his ground again. To meet him, he's really is one of the nicest guys. It's it's got to be so uh, confusing. Yeah. You know, cause, you expect and you know I think we all get that you know I think Matt gets it I get it you know people meet me and they go wow I I really thought it was going to be different I just went through this with Tony Ricci and he said when he came over when we started using them for for Chris he said they told him I was a hard ass and I was gonna you know bust his balls and he goes dude I I just can't even like I don't even know where that came from it's not even close you know what I mean so it was. it's you know the public perception—if you don't really get to know a guy and you judge a book by its cover, or you say one thing, or you, it's crazy—but you really got to get to know people and talk to them, and and you you'll get a different view on a lot of stuff. I think Anal's definitely that guy. He's just a great dude. And, you know, he he
0: he's, he's an impossible guy not to like. And you you mentioned fight shape Ricci. Shout out to fight shape Ricci, uh, a, a good friend and brilliant brilliant uh, trainer and nutritionist wanted to bring up weight cutting if we can just for a second. And this is probably a better topic to actually have, we should get him on, have him on and have this conversation because he'll, he'll listen to anything I have to say and want to probably strangle me. Uh, but another, another MMA fighter, uh, in critical condition after weight cutting recently. And of course, you know, Joanna champion had her weight cutting issues. Uh, I, I don't know what your take is on it. Uh, Steph writes a great note here about a, a quote from Joe Rogan from a previous interview where he said where Joe Rogan says weight cutting is just cheating that everyone agrees to i think that bringing your body to a state where it's almost dying just the day before you're going to fight is fucking crazy dishonorable part of the sport this is a previous interview of Joe Rogan i um again as an as an outsider yeah. i uh I don't know. I, I I see why people do it. I I I know that my my current weight is what Chris Weidman fights at.
1: Right. Oh yeah. Which is crazy. and if
0: and if you stand me next to Chris Weidman oh, or ask me to lock myself away. in a cage with but Chris Weidman, that guy is yours. I will. Uh, there's there's no chance. There's no chance at all. So w- we should address that with yeah. fight shape. Go yeah, ahead, brother. No, we're definitely. Quick. Go ahead, brother. We are folks who are counting. That is Ray Longo's first bathroom break. <laughs> there's going to and there's gonna be more because this one's early. Your last one, your last one, uh, uh, you've made it about halfway to the show. Um, yeah, so weight cutting, weight cutting is. So you, has, we're in the studio now, and of course our our buddy Mike is in the house, and of course Stephanie producing, and so you get you, when you go to these gym, and of course uh, while. Um, I appreciate the gym considering me family. I consider myself an outsider. I'm not a fighter. I go there and I train with the fighters, but I just I'm just trying to not be fat. You know, I'm I'm trying to stay focused, physically fit. When you see some of these people, and knowing like take a Chris Weidman who when you stand next to Chris Weidman, it's like this this dude is this dude is huge, and to think that he fights it like I'm little. I like to think that I is you would have to drop down and i would be more at the weight of an ally aquinta ally aquinta and i if we were to stand next to each other today uh, look similar size and he fights at 155 so you see what the what the what the drop down is so it's an interesting take to to have and we'll probably have fight shape Ricci on um uh, for that but it is something where it, i like joe's Joe's idea that it's a cheating that everyone agrees to. And and is that, is that something that's, that uh, that can be changed? Because as with anything else, if you know that everyone, okay, there's no more weight cutting, what does that mean? Does that mean that, I don't know what Chris Weidman might walk around at 200 pounds. I, I don't even know what he might walk around at. But does that mean that he'd have to stay there? And what does that do for your training? Uh, you would naturally lose weight with the two or three trainings a day that they may do uh, that kind of conditioning. I'm just curious what, what Ray has to say. Ray will be back in one more second. Folks, we're talking about cutting weight. We're talking about a little bit of everything on MMA and Beyond. It's only our second show. Send us your point of view. Send us your questions if you have questions for the great Ray Longo. If you have questions for me, I have, uh, I have uh, uh, contact through MMAandbeyond.com. And, of course, you can reach Ray Longo on Ray Longo MMA and me at Steve Maraboli on Instagram and Twitter. So, Ray, I was saying, yeah. I was saying that uh, with the weight cutting, with Joe Rogan's idea that weight cutting is cheating that everyone agrees to, that's a valid point. How would you remedy it? And do you think? I don't know what your opinion is right. at all Is this. Do you think about remedying it? Do the fighters want to remedy it? All I know is that i weigh one ninety right. ish <laughs> and i'm ally Quinta size <laughs> and i and he fights a 155, right. and, and I would never, yeah. unless you gave me a bat, a couple of bats or something, ever allow yeah. myself to be locked in a cage with Chris Weidman, who fights at my weight.
1: There's no <laughs> you way. You should actually experience <laughs> that one day. Just to, uh, I, I take just a picture next to the like guy, that. and it's like, oh, there's no way. Uh, I agree with one thing Rogan says. I don't, I don't believe it's cheating. I mean, you're actually cheating yourself because you're killing yourself, but it is fucking crazy. That's for sure. I mean, to keep doing it over and over again. Uh, I think really what we should do, and I think the people would love it, we get Tony Ricci and Dr. Sherry Wolkin on because she heads up, you know, she's with the Jersey Athletic Commission and uh, New York. And they. they I, I think there's some progressive commissions out there. I think uh, uh, Andy Forster, I think is is his name in California, does a great job. And that's why when Algermane Sterling fought Hennenborough, it was at a catchweight because he almost killed himself making the 35. And that, right. that you know, Hennen.
0: unfortunately, it's Hennenborough. Hennenborough.
1: So he wouldn't let him fight at 135. So I think the commissions have to take a really stern standpoint and really, you know, they, and they do try to level the playing field. But the problem is, every commission is different. So I think I would like to see like a national commission and then disperse the rules to everybody instead of like state by state because it's, it's even getting confusing with the rules. But I think getting back to I think at least Andy Forster, he did take a stand and he's he's seems like the guy that's always trying different things out for the benefit of uh, making it safer. I guess, but I say we do a show with those two because you know there's DEXA scanning and there's a couple of things. I think they used to even do with wrestling. They tell you this is the lowest you could go based on your body right. fat percentage and stuff How like that. How hydrated you are, exactly. Right. And then Tony and and Doctor Sherry could get into that. They're, they're really, really good at that, and I don't think there's any question they can't answer on that topic.
0: No, oh, and that's great. And, I, and yeah. I would, I would love to have them on. Uh, love them both. They're they're. At the top of, of their field and it and it actually adds uh, Abigail on Twitter and that's fallen for ya. asks Do you worry about CTE with your fighters? Is there anything you can do to prevent it? The reason why I'm going to this question now is because I, I don't know about the weight cutting. I don't know what it has. I know the UFC does it now with the mornings instead of right. uh, The evenings. I don't know what effect that's had on your coaching and your team and, and your team strategy I do know that if you are going to get punched in the head don't be dehydrated when it happens. <laughs> you want to talk about CT. Don't be dehydrated when you get punched in the head. Yeah. And, uh, and it seems, it yeah. seems like uh, like dehydrating yourself uh, 24 hours before uh, a professional uh, cage fighter uh, punches you is a really, really bad right. idea.
1: Uh, yeah. Look, I don't care who you are, how old you are, getting hit in the head is just not good. So that's the first thing. I mean, just, it's just not good. I don't care if you get in a car accident right. and your head ricochets off the the windshield. That's not good. You know what I mean? But the only thing you could do, because you don't want to really determine that, is really just as long as everybody understands the, the risk factors and what's involved, they're going to make the decision. You know what I mean? I don't think it's good to bungee jump off of you know <laughs> right. the cliffs of Dover or wherever <laughs> right. you are. You know right. what I mean? But as long as they know this these are the consequences these are and then what are you going to do so i think the education is critical you have to everybody should understand it and then they make the decision you know cuz this question got posed the other day and it really is a great question would you let your kid play football today after all of the studies that are coming out i mean i have to tell you i'm almost saying that it's irresponsible i mean but people are still doing it and they know the consequences and you look at like again all the data that's been coming up and they you know they they hid that data for years man the nfl they kind of touched on it in the movie concussion but uh you know man when it comes down to making money you just really you gotta you better hope you have some really high morality and grounded people because that's going to take precedent over everything and it kind of stinks so to answer the question, Abigail, do you worry about CTE? hundred percent worry about it. And some of the things that we do now is that we do we do do some brain testing. You know, Dr. Sherry does that, so we get a baseline of mm-hmm. where you are, and then she'll test you after a fight or whatever. And you know, we're trying that way. And and years ago, if you got knocked knocked down or knocked out in sparring, there was a good chance you were going back in the next day. And then we definitely won't do that. You're taking a break. So we're doing little steps to help it because everybody's aware of it. So that's, again, the key to awareness is once you're aware of it, now you're making a decision. Right. And you know what I'm saying? So I'm aware of it now. So now I have to be responsible, too, because we know that the consequences are to some of this stuff. So it's always in the back of my mind. You want to get these guys trained right. And, you know, the, we do do a couple of things. And I think I think we're doing a pretty good job at it. And, uh, but, again, there's
0: no national or state regulation. Is it something that you do as a team? Dr. Sherry is an active member of the team. Is is something that you guys into pl- implemented well, here, at- or is it is it the Athletic Commission that does that?
1: Well, I mean, I'm doing it for sure. But the Athletic Commission, when they suspend you, Technically they don't want you sparring in the gym. As my you know, I would mm. think that's what they do and then the only thing you could do with that is actually send people out to the gyms and to enforce it. So again, it comes down to nobody has the manpower to do it. To that. the
0: integrity of the of the people right. at the gym. I, I, right. I,
1: exactly. I mean you can't even look, there's gyms that have to know their fighters are on steroids. So this is what you're dealing sure. with. So if you think they're gonna make the right call, they probably won't. Right. But um as a person i try to obviously i'm not perfect you know never would say that but i I am conscious of it and we do try to do the right thing so that's a really good question and and we're trying to do everything we can to it, prevent ha, it
0: has that when i used to follow boxing and you would hear about so many of the, the gym wars and they, oh, yeah. they would talk about boxers and they'd say you should see this guy in the gym or how many wars he's been in or they'd say a a record like a Julio Cesar Chavez, who would have well over 100 pro fights. Think about that. And they'd that. say, imagine all the gym wars he's also been in. And, and No question uh, about do, it. Does, it. Has that faded away? Do you, do you really see any MMA uh,
1: gym wars? Uh, yeah, there's still gym wars. I think, uh, like, again, the difference is I do believe you need a couple of those wars because... You want to get the guys prepared, and I'd rather see them fight harder in the gym to make the fight in the ring, the octagon easier. The difference is with those old timers, those gym wars were every day. I've seen it. I've seen it even growing up. I, for, I had there was one kid in the neighborhood who was an amateur. He never even made it to the pros. That I never seen an amateur punchy. Hmm. So, but they, you know, like again, what what used to happen in the gyms years ago? Even if you were an amateur, and a pro came in. It was a good chance you were getting thrown in there just to be a heavy bit, sure. you know. So times really have changed, and you know. And I knew I had a good friend of mine, Mark Wizbiz, Wizbicki, uh, who happened to pass away. Rest in peace, Mark. But uh, you know, he told me a story. He got knocked down, I think, by uh, Lou Savarese, or he was somebody's sparred but they and they put him back in the next day, man. And this is, you know, again, he won the gloves in like '86, so we're talking about the '80s. Or, but things are different now. I do believe that. But back in that day, the gym was every day. When I say I like a gym, was it's like once a month just to test the guy out, and then you, <laughs> wow. know, you know what I'm saying. So that that's really the difference,
0: folks. You're listening to MMA and Beyond. Steve Maraboli and Ray Longo. Make sure you check out MMAandbeyond.com. dot com. I want to talk about. About a little bit of a of a current event, uh, we haven't really covered too many of the fights. There's UFC fights uh, happening right now, uh, Machida versus Anders, and 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 so I, I didn't want to uh, cover that too much because I know there's so many shows that do that. Right, exactly. um, but I did want to talk about Anderson Silva for a moment. So sure. Anderson Silva, of course, he was for so long considered pound for pound best. He was a champion for seven years. Until a uh, good old Chris Weidman uh, uh, stepped in there, positive for steroid and diuretic. Of course, he's he's uh, he's fighting it. I think that he's he's fighting it. But this is really taking his his legacy and you know, p- changing people's minds about how how great he might have been, uh, or or if, if this is a, a a the latest thing that he happens to be using drugs now, or for or perhaps he's always been. Uh, using them do you think that that's a? we go back to the idea of cheating is is this a drug problem is this a a a problem of people cheating or is this something that happens even with the weight cutting is this just a side effect of competitiveness
1: well it's definitely a side effect of competitiveness i mean that's what you want to do you want to be the best you could be and you'll stop it nothing and that's what they're doing you know they'll even put their own health at risk to get to where they want to go and that's obviously negative behavior but um yeah I think it's you know not only is it competitiveness you know there's a the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that's not that bad either if they can get to it and it's I think it's a whole human nature thing to sure. be honest, you know you know what I'm saying but you know I it's like, again, you can only educate these guys, and now, you know, we have uh, the USADA, and they have, uh, you know, for the UFC, Jeff Nowinski. They try to monitor this, and, I mean, you could see how many people are getting caught, and there's got to be a whole host of people. That a lot of people
0: who yet. were once considered invincible... Kind of shrunk
1: away. <laughs> I mean, I think the interesting part with Anderson Silva, like if you look at Vito Belfort, I mean, that's you do the eyebrow right, test. Right. That's easy. Well, easier. another guy that Chris... Grayson bow Right. I mean, the guy's 155. His shoulders are hunched up to his ears. <laughs> I mean, I don't even care if you get caught or you don't get caught. That's an easy thing. But Anderson Silva, to me, was always a normal-looking dude, man. Yeah. Now, I heard before Chris's fight, somebody told me he's doing EPO. But, um... Who's the cyclist? Armstrong. Armstrong, you know, was doing for, for endurance, you know, to mess with your red blood cell count. I guess that's what it does. But uh, yeah, we just, you know, what are you going to do? You know, Just here, I heard somebody, you know, I saw somebody give him an injection. Right. at was, that
0: time, yeah. it, it was Why pretty anybody? widespread or considered yeah, yeah. widespread. You so can it almost wasn't, assume fighters you know, it, were it wasn't an,
1: it. an anabolic steroid, and I could be wrong on all of this right. stuff, but, you know, where his gonna, he was, muscles were going to, he was going to look jacked, but it would help, you know, with the endurance, which is, you know, again you want to have a level playing field. You don't right. want, you know, it, it, either like it, it sort of the, con, the theory is this, either make it illegal or make it legal and let everybody right. do it. That way it's like, again, if you want a level of playing field, even if it's legal now, at least everybody could do it, right. you know. But the responsible thing, obviously, is to make it illegal. And guys just, you know, I like, again, I just – I think if you're a cheater, you're a cheater like that, and they just can't, you know, they can't control themselves. And More inclined to cheat, maybe uh, yeah, towards the
0: end of your, and that your could be another thing also, as you get to older. With these you kids. get older,
1: you know, you want to use something that could make you recover quicker, right. and that's a, you know, look, we've run into guys they just can't even stop fighting, even when they should, they still want to fight. So just, you know, it's a really tough thing when you've been in the public, you know, spotlight for so long and. You have memories, just almost like Sylvester. You know, we're yeah. talking about him. Like, imagine he has another five years of that and that feeling, and then he can't fight anymore. He's got to have a transition period, you know, where, you know, he needs a good exit interview. To, yeah, a guy sure. Like that, where they really, a guy like you gets him and says, look, this is what's going to happen, and blah, blah, blah. You know, I remember even.
0: This is going to be the hangover yeah. of your experiences. You know, sure. I, mean,
1: I remember stories even when I was doing the accounting, like, you know, like having an exit interview. And, uh, you know, guys knew they were going to get fired and they were all right with it. And then when it happened, they didn't know what to do with themselves. You know what I mean? And I think that's almost like a fighter's career. You just have to stop one day and then that's a different lifestyle. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. That's why, like, I I see Matt, Sarah. I mean, I just, the guy's just transitioned. He loves being a coach. He loves doing his podcast, his shows, his schools. And that's what you need. You need a great exit strategy. And if you don't have it, I think you're always going to go, I want to get back in right. there. Because they want that feeling. They want it, that and gratification. And I wonder how much
0: of it was because Matt's love was jiu-jitsu. He, yeah. he doesn't stop rolling. He didn't have to give that up. and uh, And he stayed. He found a way, actually – if he found a way to still be in the public eye exactly and and not have to get punched in the face, <laughs> and I see guys,
1: you know, that even in the kickboxing they become referees. Sure, they want to be around the sport again. And I guess you know when they go to the events, oh yeah, I remember when you fought so and so? Sure, and they they need that. You know, I mean, I guess it makes them feel good, and and that, that that's fine as long as it's you know done with a positive you know attitude. You know? So
0: in, in in sport in sports enhancement in general. Uh, the argument can be made that, like you were saying, you allow it. I wouldn't care. In baseball, for instance, yeah. I don't care if you if you look like uh, the Incredible Hulk and yeah. if you're swinging it, hit it out of the park every single time. Makes the sport more entertaining for someone like me. Yeah. I know purists will say, "Oh no, no," and that's fine. You could argue that yeah, forever. In MMA, you kill somebody.
1: You could actually get hurt. Yeah, that's, you actually I think that's kill the somebody.
0: Difference. Uh, yeah. You know. You know it it's it's a it's an interesting thing, and I and I hope uh, I hope they're able to find a way. For me, I'm I'm always somewhat of a of a conspiracy theorist when it comes to that stuff. So it's it's the idea of how many companies were uncovered when they were when uh, computer viruses were were, for lack of a better term, popular, and you'd have these major companies creating these uh, these uh, antivirus programs. And, and really successful antivirus programs, but then later you find out that the shadow company of that company was the one creating the oh, yeah. viruses to begin with, right. and it was a, it was always a cycle. So whenever I hear uh, a— uh, But is
1: that a conspiracy theory or is that truth?
0: It, it's true. It's the conspiracy theory that is it's malice. Uh-huh. And that's where I'll throw that it's malice. It's true that it's happening, I mean, but I is, throw...
1: Isn't Apple in trouble now that they slowed down the phone so everybody would upgrade? I, I, right. And so, <laughs> is, and so uh, is that, it's... Is that a conspiracy it, theory or is that actually... They slowed down happen? the
0: phone at the time that that another phone was coming out. Uh, exactly. The conspiracy theory, it was that one is related yeah, exactly. to the other. It's a, It's it's what's known as retroactive continuity. Oh, so nice. so I I don't know uh for me, yeah, it's malice for me. I'll I'll throw my conspiracy mind into anything. Uh and so I I can't help but wonder as soon as you hear all these new tests and we'll catch them here and we know this yes. and we'll catch us you can't help but think that they've just created another industry of 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 doctors and scientists who now can create the same kind of chemical reactions, the same kind of cheating mechanisms that bypass these tests, that can pass these tests. They've created a whole new industry. So it'll be interesting for me to see uh, how they do it again. I, for me, it's uh, it's it's what's a fight I'm watching on a Saturday night. So I'm not that emotionally invested in it, but it's it's interesting to see. And and I always want the people who i get to know now that do jump in cages now, i don't want i don't want my exactly. friend jumping in a cage a with, with someone who's exactly. taking something that might kill him you have because a different look at it now my initial view of of what fighters were like wasn't i've never i've never met a fighter who is what i thought fighters were like right it's they're just people who fight right it's it's people who they they go to work they they're, they're they have their kids some of them have you know jobs i can't believe how many fighters have jobs
1: and and it's one day i'll introduce you to a couple of fighters that (laughs) that, are are our fighters yeah right that are gonna fit the profile (laughs) i think you're looking for i think the difference with mma too and especially guys that come from a wrestling background is they're all college educated right so it's a little different you know what i mean so you know look when when i was a kid if you had the money you took martial arts if you didn't have the money, you went down to the PBC and boxed. Right, you know that was your martial arts. So, you know, uh, you know, with the MMA, I think with the a lot of wrestling, <clears throat> these guys are all college educated for the most part, a lot of them, and I think that's the difference.
0: We're going back to uh, feedback. Feedback is through MMA and Beyond dot com, where we can go through feedback on Twitter with Ray Longo MMA, or you can shoot it over to me on Steve Maraboli Twitter and Instagram jace on twitter it's jace olson asks heard you say your team was like family when they get haters do you want to defend them do you feel like your family
1: is being attacked uh another really good question i mean all these questions are great man jace uh, uh the team is like family and as much as uh i want to uh I want to engage. I think sometimes the best thing to do is just not engage and not give them any platform at all. But do you feel it? Yeah. No, I think, you know, emotionally, you know, yeah, it's it's hurtful. But, uh, you know, we have our look of in the gym, Jenny Nadell. I mean, if you say something bad about this team, she has no problem getting on there and just attacking you. But it probably wouldn't be me, but <laughs> there are other people in the gym. that. There's are, balance. Yeah, there's balance. There's uh, – it it happens and uh there's always somebody that's going to defend the people in the gym
0: and there's also Jace, thanks for your question there's yeah. also like that when you get to a higher profile and and you um when you're in the the mindset where you're able to jump into a, a cage and fight another human you kind of have learned to deal with emotionally the haters uh a lot of times the the, the stuff that haters are doing it's the defense you want to give it is is really more just to straighten out the story. So you might hear uh, some sort of hate or some sort of m- vicious thing, which is mostly Twitter. Uh, them just frame somebody in a way that isn't true. They they might say, "Oh, you guys are, you know, you're you're scared. You hear you're scared a lot. Oh, you're scared to fight this guy. There's nobody scared to fight that guy. <laughs> There's nobody." And so so a lot of times, Jace, it's you learn to deal with the hate only because you realize that it's not it's not a uh, it's not based in any sort of reality it's yeah. not truth
1: and jace believe me when you're in the public eye there is a lot of there's you're so not much, escaping man. the hatred so you get you actually the longer you're in there you just get used to it i know there's people that go to me I'm like how do you how does that not bother you i'm like i really don't even know the person like why would i even care what the heck they're saying that's what i'm saying richard
0: branson who who he's a he's a he's a billionaire entrepreneur who started virgin He's he's got so many uh organizations that are humanitarians uh, uh, i've had the opportunity to participate with this as well i saw him post something on twitter the other day and 90% of the... And it was like, hey, we took a plane over to XYZ country and helped them build this shelter that's going to be whatever. 90% of the comments were negative. Well, why don't you go here? Why don't you do this? It's cause you're, why don't you pay this? And it's, it's incredible. And, and it reminds me, Jace, if I could bore you with a quick story. Uh, one of the programs we did years ago was at, at a prison uh, jail here called Rikers Island. It was a jail in New York City. And I went in for a talk once. And we ended up actually starting a whole school there. But when I when I went into for the talk, it was my first time in in, in there. And we were walking by, and and it's almost like a movie where the, the it wasn't individual cells like it would be in a movie, but it was more group cells. And as I was walking by with the warden and the people I was with, they were yelling the most horrific stuff at me, yelling and screaming. And I and I I first took it personally, and then thought. They don't know me. If they knew what I was here to do, they'd be saying thank you. They don't know me, but they hate me. This is a visceral hate that they had for me. And it wasn't that. It's that seeing me, seeing what I represented, they hated how it made them feel. You could say they, they hated that I was strolling through in the clothes that I want to wear with my hair comb looking the way I want to look, talking how I want to look, smiling, not looking tired, not looking like I'm going to be told what to eat, when to go to sleep, that, that idea of freedom. They hated that and they were yelling that. A lot of times, haters, Jace, uh, that I see on social media, it's not that they hate you, they don't know you, they don't know anything about your life or you. What they hate is how what you are makes them feel. So a lot of times when you're seeing haters for successful people, whether it's successful athletes or they're successful in any other way, it's that your success reminds them of their own stagnancy, their own limitations, the own times that that you're going for something. We have entire red carpets. We have Grammys and, and Oscars and all these things. There are entire shows, Jace, based on... People sitting at home, watching the people who actually chase their goals and dreams walk on a carpet and then shit on them for what they're wearing. That's hate, and it's not. It's not that you hate that person. You know anything about them? It's how they make you feel for not chasing your stuff and for being home watching people win awards for actually chasing their goals.
1: Yeah, yeah that's it's it's great. Look, I man, you can have a guy go to the Olympics. He got all the way to the Olympics, and you get some. Some idiot go the silver, medal? You didn't get the gold. You just got the silver. Like, not that it's an accomplishment even to make it to the Olympics. Now you got some ass telling you, I can't? I can't believe you didn't get the gold. You just got the silver." Making you it, try to make somebody feel bad. So, look, the, it's the, that guy. The it's... fact that the the thing that really kills me, man, is that there's people that go to bed and wake up every day, waiting to just hate on somebody. Like. I I I can't wrap my head around that. Like you know, you're not in that mindset. But it's there's... just so bizarre to me. Like that they, they that's what they're there to do. They they're all professional haters out there, right? It guess. is
0: the only way they have found to get heard, and so they've they've actually it's an addiction. So they're they're. Their reward system, their dopamine is given through negativity, Which and they've is they've really learned if you think they've been it. rewarded horrible. that way, and so that's what they do, and that's that's unfortunate for them because at the end of the day, that it's there's no sure companion for for loneliness and depression than that, and that's that sucks. But Jace, uh, your question your question uh, kind of hits home, and and I think that's a, that's a perspective to take for yourself and your own life, and I appreciate your your feedback. I want to go one more before we, we uh, wind up this show. You're listening to MMA and Beyond with Ray Longo and Steve Maraboli. Marcus in Miami, Florida, from the website. Nice, from the website, MMAandBeyond.com. Does Ray prefer to get a fighter with a strong wrestling background or strong karate background or no background at all?
1: Yeah, another great question, Marcus. I mean, me personally, I've had really good success when. You have a strong wrestling background and why I believe that is that it gives you more of an opportunity to put the fight where you want it where I believe uh, the karate guy uh, most likely can't do that if he has no takedown defense it's really really tough but you get a good karate guy with a good wrestling background and he could keep the fight where he wants it and that's standing up and then that becomes a major problem so for me I'd rather get a guy with a great wrestling background Teach him how to uh, to stand up, and then you know let him dictate where he wants to put that fight.
0: And, that, and that's an interesting thing—the conversation we were having earlier about youth and experience. If if you have if you have a uh, a, a fighter who does come to you with a certain, uh, would you rather a youthful, a youthful karate guy or a wrestler with experience? Would you would you rather that um, um, a, a Bruce Leroy or a BJ Penn?
1: Uh yeah, I'm going with uh vibe. Well, you know what I mean? Like yeah, that's yeah. a. but like and you say when a guy comes to you how old is he? I don't know. I, know that's he, the, that's the thing. If you have a kid fourteen who's a great karate guy, you could still put four or five good years of wrestling if you can get him to work. That's a different story. That's what I'm saying. It depends. That's why I was with the other question, youth you, or experience. Right. You know, it, that's almost like what came first, the chicken or the it, egg. Is you know?
0: that why you don't often at at the gym you don't get People who tend to gym to gym hop, you you don't tend to get uh, a five years ago B J Penn. You know is that is that why you don't do that? You prefer to get people from from the beginning.
1: Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. It makes me it makes, makes them sense. more coachable. I think it makes them more coachable. You could develop a better bond with them. I know when you know I you know I coached the show uh, with Matt Serra that even. When we were picking the fighters because, you know, you go in there, you get how many fighters there were, say there's 32, and you, you you have two different workouts. You know, Hughes was doing a workout, we're doing a workout, then we switch fighters, and then you pick your team. And I remember looking at Mark Danzig, and for me, Danzig was already – he already had fought in pride. He was obviously really good. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'd rather – he was already, to to me, set in his ways. So we ended up going with George Sadiropoulos over him because – I think he was going to be more coachable. He was more willing to learn. Right. Where, sure. You know, I think I even told Danzig during the season, you should be actually coaching the show. You know, I mean, he was he was good. He was squared away, had a great mindset. And, uh, yeah, we went with uh, that that was kind of my thing. I'd rather grab somebody that I feel like I could help and that's going to be a little more open-minded than a guy that had a lot of experience at the time. So huh. I don't know if that helps with anything, but that happened.
0: Love it, man! And so last week we talked about and oh, staff. By the way, just so before I forget, when um, we should do when we do answer their messages, whether it's Twitter or on website. I know that you have their Twitter handles and you have uh, their email address. If they went through the website, let's contact them, tell them which show that they were on, and we'll also find something cool to send them. How's how's that? Awesome! And so from last show we mentioned uh, uh favorite movies and then and and we had obviously never had that conversation before and you were talking about bruce lee movies and i said well that's great yeah but bruce lee when i was by the time i was the age of watching that bruce lee was kind of like the guy from the past and we had you know steven Seagal, jean claude van dam and uh and uh i forgot one movie i saw i thought of it the other day and i wanted to text you it was like the guy the name of the movie was like the perfect weapon oh yeah uh, a- 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 speakman wow. that's it thank you mike Give that guy a booby doll <laughs> that guy so like yeah, those yeah. were those were like the uh, the guys but we got feedback where people were saying hey but in different generational stuff what yeah. about jackie chan and of course what about chuck norris what about Chuck Norris? That's a great point because you had for a while those memes, those Chuck Norris memes, like Chuck Norris can beat the sun in a staring contest right. and that kind of stuff. And so it, what was what fell short of Chuck Norris cuz he was Walker Texas Ranger.
1: Right, right. What, look, Chuck had a great career obviously and uh I just never felt I don't know, man. I I look, I think I think Bruce said it too one time somebody said, "Well, Do you think you're better than this guy with this or this or his movies as opposed to your movies? And his thing was simple and I agree with it. Watch his movie, watch my movie, and tell me what you think is better. And that's it. And for me, there was nothing like just the attributes he possessed with his attitude and his technical ability and his philosophy on screen. For me it just resonated. So Chuck norris i mean I, I i liked him more even in other movies where he wasn't even doing martial arts you know but or as much but uh i don't i don't i just think if you look at both of them there's to me there's absolutely no difference i mean there's a big difference
0: any uh any fights big fights that you're looking forward to uh looking forward to seeing play
1: out uh, I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward, obviously, to Luke Rockhold and Yoel Romero because I think it has consequences that affect uh, the school and Chris Weidman, so I'm very excited about that. I really just read while I was at the gym today, I didn't even know about that Max Holloway is out of the fight with Frankie Edgar, which is horrible because... I just, you know, I know Frankie, and I'm good friends with Mark Henry. I just saw Ricardo Almeida last night was at the fight. Yeah, he was at the fight. Another. Super nice guy. I, I, you're not meeting a better <laughs> How uh, The guy is just a great dude, man. And he, there's a guy that calls it like it is. Yeah. And again, loves jujitsu, loyal as they come. And him and Matt's friendship has never wavered over uh, the last 20, 30 years. But, uh uh, the Frank Yegud thing is horrible because I know Frankie was looking forward to that fight, and now they got to postpone that. I don't know what's going to happen, but I just found that out. So I yeah, was of now, forward they haven't done anything fight. with it.
0: Yeah, um, and yeah, that, that that does suck because it, it's. I was looking forward to that fight yeah. as well, and, and and for for the Rockhold Romero, yeah, hopefully, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. You know, that, that 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 would be that would be fantastic with with, Iaquinta coming back. Yeah. What are your what are your thoughts on that before we go?
1: You know, again, Al, all we have to do is keep him healthy. And, you know, he's a fighter. He's going in there. He's not going backwards. He's going in one direction. And, uh, again, with all of these guys now, health becomes a huge thing, getting them through the camps and making sure they're healthy or healthy as can be. And so we have Al coming up, and I think we have Marab coming up two weeks after that. In Atlantic City, and probably Al Jermaine Sterling will be on that card. So oh, Very fantastic. exciting April coming up. Very Very stoked.
0: Folks, you've been listening to MMA and Beyond. Thank you so much for listening. Again, you can check out MMAandBeyond.com. You can find Ray Longo, everything Ray Longo is up to on Twitter and Instagram. That's Ray Longo MMA. Ray Longo, Ray Longo MMA. You can also check out his gym, Law MMA. That's Longo and Weidman MMA. LawMMA.com. And you can always find me uh, on Instagram, Twitter, com. Thanks so much, Ray. Another good show, Another Steve. Another good show, my brother. We're going to build this thing listening. the old American way, that's, break by break. That's right. Grassroots, baby. Folks, this is MMA and beyond. We'll talk to you later.